Hello, Take and two. welcome. Jim's <laughs> ready. Me too. Hashtag. Take two, I think Hashtag. he said. Oh, what did mm. he say? Take two. two. Take two, yeah. Take two. But you he does support the Me Too away. movement also. Don't worry. You're giving a game away, Jim. Mm. Just telling the listeners to let them peek behind the veil. <laughs> they know we're never going to do it in one take. No. no. Yeah. We never we've have. Been here for four, we've been here for four hours already. Trying to start. <laughs> How are you, Mads? Fine, thanks, mate. How are you, Andy? Good. Very well, thank you. And I'm not talking to you, Middleton. No, how are you, mate? I'm all good. <laughs> all good. It's been a while, gents. Too long. It's been our longest, our longest gap between episodes. Mm-hmm. For the shortest part of the game. <laughs> Whose fault is that? Yeah. <laughs> now, Andy Gilmore's been away like, on holiday and stuff. Yeah. And he didn't authorise it, did he? I, I yeah. didn't see any... Did you put your holiday request in at some stage? I went AWOL. Yeah, he, yeah. Went, he went dark on us. Yeah. What did what did we call you last time? You were we deployed the you were the um, I forget what we called you now. We had a code name for it. I only listened to it today as well. You were you were your psychopathic nature. We deployed. Ah, oh, it'll come back to me. Yeah, mm. but that that's true to form. True to form. <laughs> <laughs> Can anyone remember what happened in the Frozen Wilds DLC? Yes, stuff. Yes, lots of Sanook stuff. I met Montana Recreations. I enjoyed that. Oh, I love Montana <laughs> Recreations. We'll talk, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, whilst we're warming up the grey matter, let's have a quick whip round. Let's start with Jim. You're sitting in a lovely hotel room there, am, very swish yeah. and swanky. Yeah. Uh, what have you been up to? Well, I've been I'm, well. I've been just before we've uh, recorded. I've been contemplating, contemplating mine and uh, sports as future. As to whether uh, sports <laughs> oh, is in yeah. my future or not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Not County, eh? Yeah, same old stories. Same like old Liverpool's, they'll, they'll kill you with the hope. That's it. That's, that's what does you, in it? But outside of football, um, we had a good meet-up, didn't we, Andy? When you uh, you were sort of passing through Bristol a couple yeah. of weeks ago. So we had a, a good, good meet-up and uh, played a few arcade games. Bit of N64 down at the Four Quarters Bar. Um, yeah, attempted yeah. to rediscover our golden eye skills. Yeah, it's not age well. Dave Strikes Free joined us as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it was good. Mario Kart though, St- that's that's still good fun, isn't it? Mario Kart. Yeah, Mario Kart sixty four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, some people say that's the best Mario Kart. It's even still the one I put the most hours into multiplayer wise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know, actually. I put a lot into Mario Kart 8. But those old little tricks, you know, with the lightning as you're going over the jumps on the <laughs> yes. track and stuff like that, that's still... We're giggling, we're giggling, giggling like schoolgirls. Yeah, they, was doing these, like these, these, these things never leave you as well. I've, I've forgotten no, probably no. far more important things in my life, but I still remember when to use that one and the, the satisfaction that comes with it. Yeah. You got me good. <laughs> but I was giggling before I did it. Yeah, <laughs> and I knew what was coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was good. What, what are gay games did you, did you play? So they got uh, Streets of Rage, uh, not Streets of Rage, um, Final Fight, oh. uh, Asteroids, House of the Dead 2, I think it was. Yeah, Time Crisis. Yeah. Time Crisis. They've got a Defender. I just, I'd love to be good at that, but that's just a tough yeah, old takes, game, isn't it? It takes time. You've, yeah. got to, you've got to put time into that game. Yeah, uh, it's Mortal Kombat 2. 
Oh, and the football game on the MVS. Oh, yeah, which, yes, yeah, lot, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, the um, which the one kind was of that? the strikers the, or su- super sidekicks. Well, super sidekicks, of course. Yeah, I don't oh, remember. I All I know I is want to the, strikers, but this yeah. this this, this might actually soccer brawl is quite good as well. Yeah, well, this might clarify, and this maybe shows you either it is it was probably more indicative of maybe the state we're in by the end of the night was that. We were playing this game and we realised, for whatever reason, it's been programmed this way. The teams don't swap ends halfway through. Yeah, super sidekicks. Right. So we played for about the next two or three minutes of the second half, trying to score in our own goal, basically, and still didn't manage to. (laughs) (laughs) And then we realised, obviously, that we hadn't actually swapped ends. It was only when the ball went out for a corner, wasn't it? We was like, hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. The, the drunk middle-aged men in the corner—they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we're playing winner stays on, and it was uh, it was it was getting quite. Uh, there was a, there was some good celebrations going on around the bar each time somebody scored. That game has held up very well. It's Just really good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Know, maybe FIFA will go to them for uh, <laughs> now. They've now yeah. they've lost the A. <laughs> They'll be on yeah. the lookout for for a dev team. A FIFA sidekicks. Yeah, FIFA sidekicks. There we go. <laughs> nice. So good news. Andy, other than other than playing around with Jim in Bristol, what have you been up to? Yeah, a couple of family holidays. We had a weekend, a long weekend down in Wales near Tenby, which was fantastic. Just visiting some friends. And then we had our own kind of family holiday down in the southwest. We were down in Cornwall for a week, which was amazing, actually. Really, really nice. Just good quality family time. And we got back up and I don't know what kind of what we were thinking, but we decided, well, basically, we're, we've bought a house as well. So that's my um, that's my news for the week. Uh, there's nothing gaming related, but it's a house. So we put not to be he was feeling a bit outdone by Mads, wasn't he, on the last episode, getting the PS5 and everything. So yeah, he's, he's up to it. So you yeah. bought a house, mate? Yes. Yeah. So uh, my wife and I made the stupid mistake of we've kind of had... And this is partly what these two holidays were about. We thought we maybe had some desire to maybe make a bit of a, just to maybe go a wee bit more rural out into the countryside. And uh, we stup- a house came on the market unexpectedly quite close to us. And we stupidly thought we'll go and view it just to put it out of our minds. Otherwise, we'll always wonder what if, what if. And we walked in the door and absolutely loved it. And so uh, in the space of about five days, managed to, sell our house and have our offer accepted on this one so congratulations uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's kind of that's definitely the um that'll be it that, that'll probably have knocked any other purchase on the head for a long time i think but uh, so we're talking um, a full-on farm here or uh just no uh, just on on the edge of a village uh okay. but basically okay. looks out onto it's, it's the last house in the village basically so it looks out onto some fields and stuff nice. and then it's got like mm. a little village pub and village shop and stuff but just I guess maybe a happy medium between completely going out into the sticks and uh, being in sort of the sort of the, the the small, albeit a small city, but the city we're in just now, town rather. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that that's going to be keeping me very busy in the coming months. So oh, yeah. that was, uh, but yeah, really exciting times all round. That's good news. Awesome. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. So more more room for your toys. Yes. In, in this new house? Nice. Yes. It will be basically the having <laughs> literally just pretty much finished the 
one in this house um i will be <laughs> starting from scratch again in the new place but um it's uh it could be nice it the potential the one that i've kind of got earmarked has got a log burning stove in it so that would be like the oh, lovely. that nice. would be the that would be the piece de resistance to sat sit there on the <laughs> the winter evenings with a little crackling stove but um nice. it's either that or i may need to look into possibly that's going to be the initial plan i think and then i may have to look at maybe getting a a man shed or something and they got like a garden room that I can kind of move all my stuff out into once I get uh, but I've got more room to fill basically that's the main that's that's the important thing and fast internet for recording podcasts is I, very much essential yes and also it's going to be a step backwards in that respect it was actually the first Whoa. it was yeah, the first it was the first thing I checked having just got full fibre broadband installed here I will have to go back to super fast so it should still be more than sufficient for our needs but it is yeah. not uh, it's not the bleeding bleeding eye speeds that we have here unfortunately but you'll just have to turn your camera off that's it that's the yeah uh, you guys will thank me for that anyway so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> well that's exciting top that Mads. i can't i i haven't no. bought anything at all but um i've been playing some games but yeah well, it's about time you stop buying stuff oh you've been how's that steam deck that you that i still haven't got absolutely wonderful mate I'm loving it. I mean, the the pick up and play nature of it, and my huge Steam library is is just uh, it's a perfect match. So, I played all the way through um, Double Fine's Headlander. It's only yeah. it's five years old, I think, from 2017. It's a wonderful Metroidvania uh, game where you you are a floating hit that can land on different bodies, and the different bodies have different uh, capabilities, and then you need to more or less solve the environmental problems, uh, puzzles, and then, then get through this little narrative. And it's um, all, all done in this 70s style, has the 70s vibe to it, and really, really great. As you know, uh, Double Fine, they've always got their the humor down. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I really love that. I've been playing all the way through that, for example. So, Is Tim Schafer actually still involved in making the games in a writing or design capacity, or is he now just some kind of executive producer on these things? He's still involved in some of them. I think this one was uh, pretty much run by Lee Petty, one of okay. the, the other guys at Double Fine. So I don't, I'm not yeah. sure whether Tim Shaver had anything to do with this. But Lee's Double a good Fine guy also well. publish as well, don't they? They they've they published pub- some games, yes. I think they have like a little incubator studio, don't they? Yeah. For small development teams. I think that's right. But yeah, yeah, he's, he's still involved in some of the games. Definitely, I'm mean, sure he did writing for Psychonauts too, for example. Um, yeah. yeah, I was reading an old Edge magazine at the weekend, and it was a feature on Lucas Arts, mm-hmm. and they had a picture of Tim Schafer where he looks about seventeen. And yep. I'll send you it. He looks absolutely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> he's got massive hair. Yes, he's got this nice curly hair. I remember I've seen those pictures. What, <laughs> what what a guy though! Mm-hmm. What a guy! How are you finding the fan? Because one of the things that people have talked about is the noisy fan. Um, you've, there you've, was a software update a uh, just a few days after I got it. I think that uh, did that sort it, it? It didn't fix the fan, but it made it not as active. So definitely, it uh, it can be noisy, but it's not something I notice at all. Actually, what well, once you're have into you tried- the game and you've turned up the volume and you're playing, you don't you don't hear it. But I'll, have you tried anything taxing on it? Yeah, I did so which play. The um, there's this game, the the aperture test something something uh, set in the uh, in the portal world that that oh, comes yeah, with the Steam Deck yeah. that's uh, made for the Steam Deck. That's quite taxing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It get, does it get noisier? I assume when yeah, the hardware is being I mean, stressed, like you'd uh, yeah. expect, really. But it uh, it 
became a lot better after the, that software upgrade. I'm guessing they had uh, set the the temperature levels for when it had to go into high gear far too low. So uh, yeah. Yeah. after just adjusting that, it seems to be a lot quieter. But it's not yeah. quiet as such. But I mean, neither is your switch if it's if you play no, something really not, taxing. No. So it's not that bad. And uh, furthermore, I've uh, I borrowed one of the kids' uh, Bluetooth headsets because often I'm playing this in the living room while they're there and yeah. so on. So I'm, I'm just using that headset. And then I, of yeah, course, so can't, can't hear, hear the anywhere. fan at all. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's brilliant. I, um, it's a really, really nice piece of kit. And it's uh, it, I, I love the interface. They've, they've done a great job there with the... I'm not sure whether they still call it Big Picture as they did back in the day. Uh, it's, it's based on that, though, is it? Yeah, it must Steam be. Big so Picture it's a Steam OS, yeah. and you, well, you wouldn't know. It's it's a, it's a full console experience. Everything just works. Yeah. So it's really nice. Even Jim and Andy might like it. Well, I, I know Jim, you've, you've though, definitely been doing your Jim. best to sell it to me. It's not far <laughs> off a bit. How, how far in advance are you looking at orders at the moment? October. That's not bad. It's not bad. Mm. It's this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of this tech, though, I mean, play date now. I mean, if you ordered a play date now, October 2023 is the estimated shipping date. Is it wow. really? Yikes. Yep. Yeah. 17 months. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. Mm. Yeah. It really is crazy. But yeah, yeah, my mind still says anytime from so quarter three, July to September. Okay. Which which is ridiculous because we ordered ours on the same day. I mean, I'm not really complaining, but mm. I'm, I'm, I'll be, when it, wherever it comes, it comes. But we ordered ours on the same day in yeah. that same fire sale. Yeah. <laughs> it just shows you how, how the cookie how the cookie crumbles. Mm. Yeah, but so you've been having lots of fun. Yes, playing. Uh, I played through the. Um, a point-and-click game as well that I backed on Kickstarter years ago called Chuck. It's a T-S-I-Q-E or something like that. It's, it's a weird spelling. It's called Chuck, which was more or less just a puzzler. Less, less of an adventure game, but more of a puzzler. But I really like playing adventure games on this thing as well because the mouse support with those little trackpads is really good. So... Uh, yeah, I've just been playing it in the when I'm. I've had a, a few few minutes, or when I was at the cottage, and it's uh, it's a nice way of just uh, chipping away of that uh, huge steam pile of shame. So, so by the end of this year, you'll be able to play a new Monkey Island game on it, and yes. a new Simon the Sorcerer game. I will most probably need to play the new Monkey Island game on a on a big screen though, because I want to yeah, see every know. little detail. Yeah. yeah, assuming of course it's coming to PC. Must be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can only assume. Yeah, yeah, but but you're right. It will most probably be um, best controlled by a controller, I guess, because uh, why you. would they design it to be mouse mouse driven? I told you, yeah, he would do such a thing. Yeah. This is it free to play mobile game? Free to play mobile game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where you have to pay per minute. Yeah. You have to put, top up a fi- put a fiver in the meter mm. to carry on playing. Pay, pay per click. Like that Lemmings game from a few years oh, back on mobile devices, which horrible. was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to love that, but uh, oh well. So I've been, I've you haven't got pretty fatigued on the long games that we've been playing. Um, picked up Mass Effect Andromeda again, <laughs> which I can tell you now is if you're fatigued with long games, in fact, it's very difficult to recommend Mass Effect Andromeda to anyone unless you're me. Or, or you're very, very similar to me because on, on any on any kind of objective assessment, it's just not a good game. It's technically not a good game. It looks like a PS3 game. No, that that to be honest, that's unfair. 
the, the, a lot of the graphics are really nice on it, and a lot of the environments are really nice. But you know, in and we talked about this when we played The Last of Us, and to some extent Horizon as well. You know, like in the early PS4 generation, you had that uncanny valley yeah. sense that if you're in a crowded area, nobody moves. Yeah, like everyone is just static. That's exactly what this is like. So you walk around your ship. You remember on, on Mass Effect, you, I'm, I'm assuming that you guys have played at least one of the Mass Effect games. Yeah, yeah. You, I haven't played any. Well, you have this ship, like your, your your home ship is called the Normandy. And you can wander around from, so your, your, your squad, your crew, all kind of occupy various parts of the Normandy. And you can walk... You walk around the Normandy and you walk into you. You'll know where your Krogan is or your Sari or whatever. They'll always be there. And they won't move. It's a bit like playing a sixteen-bit RPG. You know, walking a town and people, NPCs are just standing there yeah. waiting for you to talk to them. You'd think, wouldn't you, by twenty seventeen, given that it's the same year the Horizon came out, they kind of would have made it feel a little bit more dynamic. No. Your characters are still standing in exactly the same position, <laughs> staring blankly into space. It's handy waiting. because then they're ready to talk to you. Well, they are just waiting. <laughs> yeah, and then you, and then you talk to them. And you get this weird janky animation where people just move, and uh, you're talking. It, do you know what though? I can't get enough of the stupid thing. And um, the quest design's terrible. There's so many side quests. You walk around these areas. These icons are just flashing up constantly. There's so many of them. I reckon at any one time you got up with 30, 35 uncompleted oh, quests in your log. That's not good for the likes of us, Chris. And it, it, and, and they, they're ridiculous. They're the worst kind of fetch quests. You know, They have no link whatsoever to the... In fact, the overall plot at this point is completely just subjugated by all these rubbishy side quests. <laughs> uh, if you top onto that, the actual game-breaking crashes, I reckon in any... If you sat down and played that game for two hours... You're likely having to do a hard, completely hard reset of your console at least once because <laughs> the game just breaks. Oh. Yeah, that's bad. Is, is the combat good at least? I mean, I, I remember I started the combat's playing. really good. I started playing Mass Effect One. That's the only one I played yeah. until I got into in the game. first combat section, and I swore and put down my controller and turned it off and no, never turned it on again. No, no, and then they actually overcompensated that for that in Mass Effect Two because Mass Effect Two basically was a cover shooter. Okay. So they actually went the other way. Mm. The one thing that Mass Effect Andromeda does get right, and I'm being a little bit flippant, to be honest, it's not as bad as I've just made out at all. Um, a lot of people work very hard on it under some difficult conditions. And actually, the game they've produced, if you look, if you read about all that they went through, actually, it's amazing that the game shipped in any form. I've enjoyed it enough to spend now over 30 hours on it, and I don't even see... I don't even think I've done a quarter of the game. So God knows how many hours I'm going to... I'm actually looking forward to having a game to distract me from it, to be honest, because yeah. uh, I get a bit silly with these things. I've even bought one of the tie-in novels for the game. I'm reading that as well. Yeah, it's bad. But the combat is really, really good, and that is the thing that will keep you coming back. It's really dynamic and emergent, and there's loads of different ways to do things. You've got completely different styles... So on that sense, it is it is a really good game. But uh, nice. I think I'm going to be playing this for a good few months to come, yeah, on and off with uh, RA games and, and our games. So that's basically what's... But my Xbox One has been on pretty much every bit of gaming time I've had. It's been on... I'd have been playing Dungeon Master on the Atari ST, Castlevania on the NES, 
which both of which are brutal in their ways, and uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Have you managed to get past 15 yet on Castlevania? No, and I think that that's where I will probably meet my demise. I, yeah, I've kind of got as far. I've gone. I can't get any further now without um, save state sort of spamming. It's kind of defeats the object of the game a bit, really, doesn't it? So, and I can get to level fifteen without losing a life, <laughs> pretty pretty reliably and consistently. Mm. And then I get there. I get to that section with the hallway with the knights and the Medusa heads. Yes, and. I can get through there, but only with a tiny little bit of health left. And by the time I get to the Grim Reaper, I'm gone in about 10 seconds. Yeah. And then once you've died once and you start from the start of that section without any holy water. Yeah. You've basically got no chance then. And the weakest the, the weakest weapon as well, isn't it? Because all that yeah. resets. Yeah. And- yeah. It really is brutally difficult. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> people, weren't, people weren't lying. They don't get any easier with uh, Zelda 2 because that's the next game. <laughs> I can't wait. Mm. What are we doing? <laughs> and actually, I'm, I'm away myself next week and I've actually got the... Uh, I thought these uh, Nintendo games that we've been playing, they're not enough. So I've decided I'm actually going to play the first Kirby game next week while I'm away. Nice. Mm. Which, which I've heard is actually really easy. You can it finish is, that in yeah. about you have to 20 play. minutes. Yeah. So I've also it's installed... Kirby's Dreamland, isn't it? Um, yeah, Kirby's Dreamland. Yeah. Yep. So I've installed the first Mega Man Game Boy game and the uh, Wario Land 2. Mm. So, you know, the, the sequel to um, Ma- the sequel to Mario Land 2. But the, it's just called Wario Land, isn't it? The thing about Kirby, uh, I, I played that again three or four years ago. Played all the way through it. The first, I mean, Kirby games, all Kirby games are child's games, so, so they're really, really, really easy. But play through that first game, and then you unlock hard mode, and then it becomes a bit more challenging. Yeah. And then apparently, if you beat hard mode, you can then you get the chance to set your own difficulty, and you can make it even harder. Oh, never seen that. Cool. Yeah, apparently you can change your the, how difficult the enemies are and how much energy you have mm. to make it even harder. So I think I'll just settle probably for just going through it once. I briefly played the the new Kirby actually the other day when I was uh, visiting a friend on his Switch. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's meant to be I very played, good. I played the yeah. demo because there's a demo of it in there on yeah, the shop. Yeah. Mm. I, I just played a single level. Yeah, it seemed really really good. I mean, it's a Kirby game, so it was easy, but but it was uh, beautiful and fun to play. Yeah. 3D, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It feels a little bit yeah. like um, you know the like 3D land or 3D world Mario. Yeah, that sort of that sort of 3D. Yeah, oh, I look forward to playing that. I've, so I've decided in my own little way I'm adding the Kirby games to the list as well. But I'm not going to put that on, on, <laughs> on the group. We've got, <laughs> we we got growing this. Yes, okay. Well, Kirby <coughs> games are easy to add so, because everybody can pick them up and probably finish them quite quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. It might I, be a relief. As I recall, the, the I've got the original Kirby for the Famicom as well. It's uh, that's actually a joy to yeah, play as well. That's really good. I got mm-hmm. the uh, the 3D one for the 3DS. Yeah, because they 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 re-released it, didn't they? Okay, never seen that. That's right. That's, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good game. Just be prepared yeah. to be whistling the theme tune the entire week while you're on holiday. Yes. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah, and I love that game. Proper earworm. Well. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, that's me. Right, should we have one last hurrah with Horizon? 
Yes. Yeah. Before we consign it to history. Yeah. Un- I actually felt we- a little bit, you know, I, I played yeah. it the other night for like the last, I, I thought it was going to be the last time that I played this. And I was like, yeah, a little bit sad yeah. when I switched it off. I, yeah. Yeah, I did as well. I kind of put it away, put it back in my box of PS4 games and thought that was a cool 80. I think I ended up on about 87 hours. Wow. Played. That's a many, many, many hours of game. Mm. Yeah. And I didn't even, and to be honest, I didn't 100% the DLC, which we can we can talk about. I didn't even do all that Matt did. Wow. Because I, I didn't do that <laughs> final, I didn't do those final five fights. Well, did you really finish it then? Well, there we go. But you guys did. So we're all right, aren't we? So this time we are covering the whole of the DLC. Um, if you haven't played the DLC, and yeah, I'll, I'll issue a spoiler one, but to, to be honest, there's not a huge amount to spoil. Um, the, the, the plot, we'll talk about the plot because there is, there is, a, there is a, I suppose, everything is a side quest in the DLC, isn't it? So there's no, there's no main story. The whole thing is a side quest. It opens up. Not actually quite early into the game, you can mm. you can we have talked about this. You can access the frozen wilds, the cut, as it is as it is known, the Banuk territory. From when you get to Day Tower, that's when you pick up the side quest that will take you up into the cut. It does suggest so, though that you should be level thirty yeah, before level entering. Thirty, mm. yeah, yeah it's a serious step up in difficulty, I think, isn't it? Yeah, from the start, because mm. to get into the to get to that first. To get to that first settlement, um, you have to you have to take on a scorcher, don't you? Which is mm, one of the, yes. one of the new machines, and that fight is really difficult. Yeah, yeah, I found it really hard. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, Do one of the new. Did you think we touched on it briefly last time? But obviously, now that we've gone and played the whole thing, I think they missed a trick with this DLC and where it fits in the game and how it fits into the game. When you think about the level that you have That's to. How- if you think about the level that you have to be to start it, but where it fits in, and the fact that you can't fit... Well, ultimately you can't finish the game, which is another issue in itself, but you would need to finish the DLC before finishing the main game. But if you went and did the DLC, the levels you need to be within to do some of the the, the quests within the DLC are actually very high. Was the one that was, I think, at level 40 or something? Was it not yeah, even higher? Much, yeah. So if you yeah, did that... I think it ends up at about level 45, yeah. Yeah, and then went back to the main game. You're going to be massively overpowered for the remainder of the main game. Yeah, what you've got to remember, though, is that it came out after the game shipped. It came out in October, November 2017, didn't it? So Yeah. I think the idea was it is additional content, and whilst you can play it midway through the original... To my mind, it's it's intended to be additional content to be played after the game finishes. But the game doesn't finish. That's the problem, and that's why I didn't like. No. <laughs> and to be honest, no. it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, um, I almost wish that we played it in as part of the story because this does put, tell a story yeah. like in in a corner of the world, and it does actually. It, it, it makes sense that is is that it's gated to about level thirty because you have to be quite late in the game so that you already have started to lose trust in silence because that's the the story yeah. path that it actually yeah. uh, continues up yeah, there. So you need to get yeah. to the part where you start to maybe doubt about whether you should uh, trust silence, 
and then you need to push forward and go to the frozen wilds. And I actually wish we'd done that because it felt really weird. I, I had a hard time getting into this because I played the game, I finished yeah. it, and they then got back into the game just before the main boss fight at the end, and then I went to do this instead. And it, it had... It was a strange feeling. It would have been better if it was uh, like back in the day when it was released and I had uh, six months off before I actually went yeah. back into the game and played this. So knowing what I know now, I would have preferred if we'd actually added um, the Frozen Wilds as the episode four instead and then finished in, in episode five because that would have been a more natural flow in the narrative. Yeah. And I do Did think it, it tells a bit of a, an interesting story. I, I like the Banuk story, the, the main storyline that we're going to be talking about there. And I like the extra info about the um, silence. So did any of you go back into the main map after, like alongside doing the Frozen Wild stuff? Or did you just sort no. of stick to the Frozen Wild? Yeah, there's, there's one of the side quests where you're having to harvest three different parts for oh, somebody yeah. and you end up having to go back yeah, into the main true. game that was the only time yeah. i did though yeah, so i didn't true. want i i wasn't actually entirely sure whether you could or not i wasn't sure clearly you can and i wasn't but i didn't realize it was as easy as fast traveling out i thought maybe yeah. it might be a bit more um disjointed i didn't realize it was going to tie up in the way that it did do mm. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's the side quest to improve the extra weapons that that's you get. That's it. Isn't it? That's get, the one. Yeah. 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 And they become uh, they become very very good. It only improved one extra weapon, didn't it? No. No. You there's one. For, you can improve all three. Oh, okay. Okay. You definitely can get. You can improve all three. Oh. Yeah. You have to go and get three different parts from three different machines. Uh, I think I did. And then that, you yeah. take them back. Mm. And, uh, yeah. They they become much much more powerful once you've done that one of the weapons was that like let's call it a, a lightning bolt shooter yeah and if you yeah, shot yeah, yeah. for too long if you shot five or six shots it would hurt you yeah yeah but it can be very that is very powerful if you get it right so i think it, it powers up for each yes, consecutive exactly. hit yeah, yeah. I mean, you can do some serious damage with those things. I mean, all of them, really, if you get them right, yeah. Yeah. can do some real, real serious damage. Yeah. I used the, uh, the, the the fire one. I can't mm. remember what it was called now. Yeah. I use that quite like a lot. Throw. Is it Scorcher? Fire Bellow? Is it fire Bellow? Something like that. Fire Bellow or something like and that. And then you upgrade it and it gives you, like, rockets. Yeah. For the first fire time, bombs. really, I was, like, eating up Blaze. Like, yes. Blaze canisters, yeah. like, you yeah. wouldn't believe... Me too. Yeah, yeah, I kept running out as well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and on the ice one, I kept running out to the chill woods canisters as well. Mm. Yeah, which is the thing that powers the the ice one. I mean, where do you guys land generally on DLC? I, 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 to be honest with you, I I'm not a huge fan. I think it would be different if I played games at launch. You know, and if you'd rattled through this in three weeks at launch. You'd be grateful for a little bit more story, mm. a little bit more content a few months later. But because the way we are, the way we play games, you tend to do them all in one hit. Now, the one exception, and I can only really think of one that I've played recently, would be The Last of Us. Um, yeah, but that was something different because that came out that came out a little bit further away from launch, didn't it? And that felt like a very much an additional story. Yeah. I mean, where do you guys land generally on DLC? I think for me, generally, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't always land. To be honest, I've said before, you know, uh, with Breath of the Wild, when they brought 
the DLC yeah. out for that. And I love Breath of the Wild. There's not many games I put more than a hundred hours into, but but I did with that one. And yeah. and yeah, the DLC just didn't really. I think I'd had too long a break between the DLC yeah. dropping and finishing the game, and then when you go yeah, back into that's it, that's another problem. Yeah, it's high level stuff, which yeah. you've previously you put like almost like you know ninety hours or hundred hours worth of training in, if you like, to get yeah, to that you well practiced. Mm. Then you have that break, and you are way back, way yeah. back down. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I prefer DLC when it's not just extra content, as this was. I mean, a, a little side yeah. quest or a line of side quests, but it's actually uh, telling its own story within the yeah. uh, the universe. I mean, the DLC mm. for Dishonored was wonderful. Yeah. I mean, you had the brick wall, brick something witches, and the Death of the Outsider and Death of the uh, Dunwall Trials. There was lots of, and they were. I mean, you were following completely different uh, main characters there. I mean, yeah. you get to be in the shoes yeah. of um, what's he called <coughs> the, the the assassin that actually kills uh, the the princess or the queen at the yeah. at the beginning of the first one. I forget what he's called. I can't right remember now. the names, but I know exactly yeah. what you mean. The, yeah, I played that. So you get yeah, completely different stories, but told in the same world and in in uh, in the case of dishonored in in the at the same time so it's actually you get to see a different yeah. side of the story that i love yeah. but this yeah, uh, tagging something extra long nah it, it, it took me a while to get into this but once i got into it i, I love this part of the story as well yeah yeah I, it definitely feels it felt different enough to the main game for me definitely gameplay wise it felt different yeah like you could obviously see it had been a bit been developed a little further on they'd obviously tweaked and learned things when they were making the main game mm. that me, is true they have said that on the documentary that they did the, the balance of the game is is tweaked mm. yeah yeah you, you can tell I, I i could anyway yeah yeah i just echo that i think a distinct self-contained experience is far much more enjoyable than just a continuation um particularly for the reasons you've said. And I think a lot of it will depend on the game's mechanics and how involved and how how good you need to be with them. So, I mean, it's a really good example of some DLC. Just to give another one was Undead Nightmare after Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. I've never played that. Absolutely brilliant. Really, really good. Is because it? you had the yeah. same characters, which by the end of the game, you'd really kind of grown to love. But it was a completely separate story. And it was a yeah. bit more tongue-in-cheek yeah, wacky it was something yeah. quite different yeah and it's also not a particularly complex game to play mechanically so you could have a long time off and then just basically pick right back up um but yeah the games that you need to be a bit more practiced at i think maybe don't work quite so well. and i'd say i've kind of i absolutely love the main game I, i've just i don't know i've got issues with games that you can't complete and i think that's part of the problem with this game um there's no end there's no end point yeah i i think because it's the whole time that you were playing the dlc you're also thinking i haven't actually finished the main game and it's comes back to you and i chris it's this ocd completionist part of us that i like to have things neatly ticked off and then on to the next i like to put something to bed and then go on to the next part but yeah 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 even if it'd been possible to then say having completed the dlc if that then allowed you to go back into the main game and ultimately do that last mission and it gave you an ending um yeah but yeah i I think it was yeah it, it was enjoyable but it just didn't feel as quite as and that's even this of the main game itself didn't feel it's not the most cohesive 
gaming experience I've had, and I think the DLC was even less so. But there was a lot. There was a, a lot of really enjoyable stuff in it. So, yeah. did any of you guys it actually felt- go back and finish the main game once more now that you've done with the the DLC? No, I went back and cleared out the uh, bandit camps. Okay, okay. I'm obviously massively overpowered. Yeah, I was, I was just wondering about that, that final boss fight. I mean, how easy would that been, have been once you've uh, yeah. put on another 15 levels from doing this uh, DLC? Yeah. <laughs> and with the new weapons, it would have been a cakewalk. Yeah. Did anyone hit the level cap? Yes. Is there a level cap? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't quite hit it, but I did manage. Because remember, the other thing that this DLC did, we did talk about this last time, was that it added that whole extra... Uh, tranch to the yes. um, to the skill tree, yeah. Which we I don't think we didn't realize at first that that was something which they the traveler set was added by the frozen mm. wilds. I'm pretty sure I, I got in with skill in the skill tree. Yeah, I mean it, by the end of I was leveling up, but obviously they, you don't get skill points once you've mm. once you've got everything. Which is another thing which actually took away from the enjoyment because yeah. by the time I got to I don't know whatever level it was, yeah, once you'd once you'd got all the skills, it's like Leveling up just gives you ten more HP every time, and it's like, well, this is now getting like you're you get to the point of diminishing returns very, very quickly. Mm. I think with the mm. with the leveling system as well, it kind of falls down. They'd also I tried think. to shoehorn in the dismount strikes as well, where there's a trophy I think for five dismount strike kills or something. Yeah, I never done. I, I never, like, I never got it. I, ha- I haven't done it once in the last seventy five hours. I'm not going to start doing it now <laughs> just to get a tro- trophy. So it's uh, yeah, they obviously that's where. I guess where that that because that was one of the skills that was on yeah the additional ones yeah. wasn't it yeah, yeah. so I guess yeah, that's, where it, added. that's where it came from yeah what did you guys think of the setting because it is I mean it's not the only snowy part of Horizons World the Osirum as you get up north mm. in the in the claim is snowy but this is takes it to a whole new level I mean it's mm. with the blue lights and the I mean, it's a real winter wonderland up there. I really enjoyed that that side of it with the music and everything else. I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, I think one of our listeners on or one of our listeners on Discord were making fun of the the run animation because she's yes. actually running yeah. through like uh, what is yeah. it? Yeah, two feet high yeah, two snow, feet of yeah, snow, two something feet, like that. Yeah. That is actually yeah. how you'd run. You you you'd pull yeah. your legs up. And, and off to the side so I, I really love that that t- attention to detail and uh, if you notice she doesn't run like that if you, she's not running in deep snow no and it's no. a really really beautiful uh, part of the country yeah. and again you can see can't you like the, the main game itself looks really good but it sort of takes it up another notch yeah, I right? agree I think with in, that in yeah the DLC I think like given the sort of the world that you're working in as well I, I thought this felt like actually the most appropriate location this is the one that sort of seemed the most kind of thematically correct between just because it does have this kind of neanderthal feel about it but you would you wouldn't want to play 75 hours in that one environment that's for sure and that was what was that was what was so nice about the first one where we talked about it how it was obviously very unrealistic just how quickly you transitioned between all these Mm. different climates and areas and everything but that's what really kept it interesting so that because it's quite a small area of the map and it felt very self-contained it worked. Yeah, there was a nice cohesion to it, wasn't yeah. there? Because, yeah. be, because it was degrees of snowiness rather than going from desert to snow to forest. Yeah. To, and and yeah, the narrative it, ties into yeah. that as well. I mean, this is a very, yeah. very rough uh, part of the world, and yeah. these are some rough With people rough who people. live there. So, and yeah. they, their traditions really um, show that that this is a harsh place to live. So, uh, if if you can't uh, if you can't cut it, we, we might as well just lose you. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, what is their mantra? Survive, prevail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I also find that it's quite often having to put a, f- a fleece on when I was playing the game. I felt bloody, yeah. I felt bloody freezing yeah. when I was sat there playing yeah. it. And okay, even Aloy, who was actually silly with this setting, did you notice that a few of the characters had frost in their skin? Yeah. That would kill you. I mean, you, you would, you would be dead by walking around with the if you were so cold you, you'd be suffering from hypothermia if, <laughs> if there was frost in your literal skin so i was laughing every time i saw that did, did you guys i have fun dressing alu putting on one of the outfits from like the, the sundom and having a run around in short, short <laughs> sleeves and whatnot of course you would <laughs> i think she just and and the, the animation's no different so she every now and again she will say oh it's really cold or you know and she'll I've got do that snow in my teeth or something like that yeah and she'll do that or she said like my eyelids are freezing together or yeah. something mm. but she'll do that whether you're wearing the banuk outfit or whether you're wearing yeah, yeah. the the, the, the sundom outfits but i know you've said mads yeah. that you quite often like to role play when you're playing these games i was like making a point i didn't see one character i I, well, no, I was saying i didn't see one character in this environment that i thought i would be warm enough if i was wearing their clothes even the uh, <laughs> even the ones who were dressed up to the nines in the furs i was thinking no i would still be cold wearing that yeah because they stand around outside all day as well yeah. don't they just in the freezing cold like they're a hardy go bunch little, go in your hut at least and yeah put the fire on yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. The setting's beautiful, and there's new music. There's a whole new soundtrack album on Spotify that I've been listening to, and especially some of the music when you first get into the the cut is really, really pretty. Um, there's a lot of ambient stuff, but there's some really nice melodic stuff as well. New new music, which again, if you if you'd rinse this game really hard and really fast, coming back to it with new music and new new machines. It would have felt actually really exciting. I think for us, maybe a little bit of fatigue, you know, after 60 whatever hours we'd spent with it. I certainly felt it, particularly at the start. I was enjoying it, but I wasn't enjoying it as much as I was even right up until the end of the main game. Because I think it kind of, the the main game was really kind of like building to this crescendo, and then it was just this, almost this, uh, you know, this sort of almost like a supporting act that was happening over on a. A smaller stage else with it it just i mean i absolutely love the main game but i can definitely and i've done it with plenty of games in the past which is quite often outside of this podcast why i haven't finished games is it i almost get quite always get too caught up in them i and end up i say over just getting oversaturated and walking away from it by probably trying to do some of the silly little side quests rather than finishing the main quest first and it ends up yeah. distracting you from that um i think it was yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that was probably what happened with this one, where it was. It's a shame, given how. And again, I've, I've got to keep talking about this. Is I think had the first game finished properly, and then that had been it. Yeah, credit rolled, and that's the end I, of the game. I, I, I would have been happy to put it away at that point, but for me, it was a slightly disappointing finish, given how much it enjoyed the main game. This, the, the by playing the, it, it fizzled out rather than actually finished for me. I, I didn't come back in and finish off things like the hunting grounds and there's some of the other trophies. Like there's stuff that I didn't come in and mop up. Yeah. Whereas I actually really enjoyed doing that in the first game. I thought I don't have yeah. it. I don't have it in me to do this another time here. Yeah, the hunting grounds is really difficult in this. The yeah, final hunting ground trial where you have to fight those waves of, of machines is really hard. What yeah, I one really hard trial. Anyway. I mean, I, I tried that one with the the 
you have limited ammo and there are these waves coming in and, and I got to the yeah, final no, wave that. and then I didn't have enough ammo to kill that one, I think. So there wasn't that one. So that's the one that you get with the character who gets left out yeah, exactly. in the... No, not, that's yeah, not her. No, her friend gets left out. Yeah, her friend gets left out. Yeah, she ends up getting... Uh, they think she's dead, don't they? Mm. But um, no, the, at the final, to get the gold medal on the one of the hunting ground trials is you have to... I don't know whether you have to take out. I think there's two frost claws. There's two scorches. It's really difficult. I mean, I had a few goes, and I was like, "No." I didn't even I want did. to try the hunting grounds this time around. No, no, I'm not. I don't. I don't really blame you. Let's have a dally through the story, and we'll pick up on a few of, the, of these bits. So this takes place in what was Yellowstone, which is also pretty cool. Um, mm. It's one of my bucket list places to visit Yellowstone National Park. So it's quite quite nice to know that this is on the caldera on which Yellowstone National Park sits. And the backdrop to this is that they were worried about a, and this is one of the things that fascinates me about Yellowstone, of a possible extinction event being caused by the caldera blowing up. Yeah. And they, uh, it's our man, uh, Farrow, and a lady called Anita Sandoval, with some help from Elizabeth Sobeck, create a thing called Project Firebreak. And this was the use of an AI to essentially what what they say in, in, in slang terms is to put a cork in the caldera. This AI was designed to um, regulate and monitor the shift in tectonic plates to prevent a, a, a an extinction event type Eruption. Now I don't know enough about. Can I just stop man, you there? Because as somebody say. who's actually been working with AIs for the past five years, it's, is it's, it possible? Max? It's so laughable what these things, these guys <laughs> think, think you can do that. with an AI. I mean, for fuck's sake, it's it's crazy. <laughs> what? So you mean computers can't control the movements of the tectonic plates of the Earth? Why? Uh, no, no, they just can't. I mean, you you could build, I guess, a huge system of all kinds of. I mean, it, lots and lots of mechanics, not not electronic, lots and lots of mechanics, just being. Being somehow drilled into this mountain and somehow control stuff, I guess, lightly, and then build an AI that would that would watch over that and try to monitor it and try to learn how to how to counter some of the movements it does. But man, you you can't do anything about tectonic plates. I mean, just forget about it. You can do. Yeah, they're gonna. They're, those bad boys are gonna move. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, no matter how how nice an AI you've got. <laughs> I love the fact that AIs need to talk as well. I mean, what's up with that? AIs are nothing. AIs are a huge statistical machine. That's all. That's what they can yeah, do. But we're talking 20... So this is 2046. Who knows in 24 years, Matt, where we could be? True, true. I mean, we are working right now on AIs that uh, work with really, really deep understanding of natural language processing. But still, that is nothing like this. No, no. It's very, very... Ad- very advanced, yes. And it, it, I think it got to the point where it, it was it about one thousand something years that it reckoned there was there were, this AI said there will be no no eruption at Yellowstone for a thousand years. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the the extinction event that they weren't watching out for was old Mister Farrow himself, because once <laughs> the Farrow plague was unleashed on the world, they shut down this AI because the the operation of it, uh, my, I'm, I'm, I might be a bit sketchy on the detail here, but the operation of it would attract the the uh, the Pharaoh the Pharaoh machines. Yeah, I think that's right. So they so they shut it down. Although, why did they care whether or not this thing would go offline and be destroyed if the 
plague was going to end humanity anyway. True that. It would have just uh, killed a lot of machines if uh, if the volcano went off. Exactly. So yeah, who knows? But anyway, that's that's really where the that's the backdrop to which we enter the frame. We learned this over over the course of audio clips and data points and everything else that are scattered around the world, just like in the main game. We arrive at the first settlement, which is called... It's called... I do have it here. Where is it? Song's Edge, um, which is the main settlement in the, in the cut. And it's where we meet Aratak, who is the head of the Warak. And he has... Um, and the Warak is a tribe, right? The witch? You said he was the head of the Warak. And that's that's their name for a, a tribe or... Yeah, like the tribe, like a warrior tribe, yeah. isn't it? Um, it's a warrior tribe. Um He's got. He's got. Uh, there's a lady called Araya who is a shaman, who has uh, gone missing after a an assault on um, this place called Thunder's Drum, where they think there is a uh, something which is sending the machines into a frenzy. And I can't remember quite when you when you learn this, but they think there is some kind of presence in this. That there's a volcano erupting in the background. It's quite cool graphically. There's a volcano erupting in the background. And they think whatever's going on there is is making the machines frenzied. These machines are now demonic machines, of course. So we've had corrupted versions of machines. We've had regular machines. We now get demonic machines, which have a red rippling. It's basically just like a harder version of the regular machines, right? Yeah. So we see demonic scrappers and demonic uh, whatever. Um, we find out that Array is up. She's she's gone. She's gone to see guidance from the blue light spirit. Uh, and she's she's gone where only shamans can go to seek guidance from this blue light spirit. She thinks that there is a spirit that um, that that lives within the machines, and the machines do emit a blue light when you see them when they're not agitated, um, which also gives rise to the currency here in the cut because they don't uh, trade in shards; they trade in blue gleam, which is a new currency, not one which is as freely available so you can buy armor with blue gleam and you can buy weapons but you tend to get them as rewards for tasks mm. uh, and they are dotted around the environment growing on growing on machines there's not there's not a lot of it to go around so when you do get sort of three blue gleam it does feel like and they are collectibles as well with icons on the map. So you could just go around the whole map collecting blue gleam if you really wanted to. <laughs> I'm just laughing yeah. here because this feels... Obviously, we're talking about this as though it's the start of the game. This feels like quite mid to end game for you. And that's because I, I went off and did all the collectibles first before I even started the story. So I think I'd put about the best part of a dozen hours into the, the DLC before, before I did this stuff here. So, uh, this is, yeah, I, I was like, this, this was towards the end of the game, was it not? But uh, I did it to, I did it towards the end of the game from, from my play. And did, um, did anyone find it? So when, if you went looking for this blue gleam, some of them, uh, you can see them when you use your focus. Yeah. But yeah. The, it just feels really tricky to navigate sometimes. Yeah. Some of them were I horrendous to find. Yeah, I some of them I just gave up on, but they're map, marked on the map. Yeah, no, I mean, but or, they're, or only, they're only only approximate. On the map, but you can buy in the very first village. I think you, there's this guy that that sells you a map. It, yeah, that, that gives you their market. approximate location though, and then yeah. you still have to Even find them within map, that. And it's yeah. um, the, 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 there's a, there was two in particular that were really inaccessible, okay. and 
yeah, there was only like basically one route up to them. So um, what I did was, I, was yeah, I, I talked to the guy who sold the weapons that you could buy with Blue Gleam, and I, I yeah. immediately saw that those weapons I need. So uh, I, I bought that yeah. map. I went and harvested enough to buy those weapons, and then, then I didn't didn't, <laughs> didn't uh, get any more. Didn't get any more. Yeah. Those weapons are very cool. Oh yes, so they, <laughs> worth mentioning. Extremely overpowered, and, and they 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 do something that is that is brilliant in this game. I mean, if you have a bit more time, you can do powered shots. You can focus a bit yeah. more and do powered shots, yeah. and those are killer in this game. Yeah, I, I wish nice they put that mechanic in the main game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes about two or three extra seconds, yeah. doesn't it, of holding the. But when you're in a fight, that that can be a long time. But if you do, the the difference in power actually is substantial. Especially if you nook three arrows and then wait for that bonus, you can do massive damage in the first shot. Yeah. Big numbers. Yep, big numbers. Big numbers. And we know Chris likes his numbers. (laughs) (laughs) That is one of the... uh, You know, I know I'm a nerd when it comes to this stuff, but one of the thrills I got from this was seeing just how much damage... if If you shot a... You know, the with the precision bow, mm. if you shot one of those really hard, the hard point arrows with notch three, with the power up, you, know, you do like 1,200 points worth of damage, <laughs> which it does. And that stuff gives me a thrill, mm. man. It really does. Yeah. Well, we're doing, as you say, I mean, the armor, meh, not so much. But we we not, had not, that magical armor that we have to unlock yeah, with so, the, yeah, the power cells, yeah. and yeah. that couldn't be tough, could, really, could it? No, no, I stuck with I that for the whole... The same, yeah. I did try some of these battles without using. I thought I'll just give it a go, and then very, very quickly <laughs> subbed in the uh, <laughs> the power armor. Mm. Array is up at the uh, up at the ice wraps. You have to go to the ice wraps to, to see her. Um, on the way up there, we meet one of the other, the second of our. Well, we've so we've met on the way up there. We've met one of the big additions to the DLC, which is the control towers. These things look like robots swaying palm trees. Yes, I want to say, <laughs> uh, and they they have a dual effect. They um, well, they will repair. They will give away your location. Is my understanding. So the operators like a radar, but also they repair the machines within their vicinity and make them so, demonic. Right, those are the ones that corrupt it, the machines here. Does it? So they kind of did... Okay, so that's what makes them demonic as that's, well. That's how I understood it anyway. I Actually, I've forgotten. Maybe it hasn't been explained at all, but what's their narrative uh, link into all of this? I mean, how did they come about? I've got yeah. it. So I've just Googled the, the good old... The, the absolutely brilliant, actually, Horizon fandom, which mm. is really good. So developed by Hephaestus, who we're going to hear a little bit more about yep. in a moment... As a method of providing ready field repair and maintenance for its machines, deployed in various locations throughout the Banuk region, um, it may be presumed that damaged machines anywhere in the cut will go to the nearest control tower for repairs. Okay, okay. makes sense. Uh, so. And it says, Hephaestus also used control towers to provide in-situ battle support for the, de- for the demonic fire claw. Yeah. It's deployed in the cavern contained in the, the cauldron, which we're going to talk about in a... In a bit. So yeah, they were just created by Hephaestus to repair the machines. And did did everyone destroy them, or did you try and overwrote no? I, them? I uh, overwrote them for the longest time. Uh, I thought that was the only oh, thing you, you could yeah. do. And then um, same one night, I I died three or four times trying to override the same tower, and I was getting 
really annoyed. And my daughter walked up and said, why don't you just destroy it? You can destroy them? (laughs) Yeah. That was the point at which, because I thought there was, I knew there was an achievement for disabling all the control towers, but I thought it meant disabling by overriding. And I didn't want to go back in. I didn't want to Google it or check it just in case it ended up spoiling something else or whatever. Then obviously you said that it was possible to disable them. That meant either destroying or overriding, at which point... I didn't even attempt to override a single one after that because mm. it was it was actually ridiculously easy to destroy them. That was yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. So like tri- triple why, double arrow. Why why, why would yeah. why would you bother to override them? Was so, there- because there, so there is there is two benefits to overriding them. What one is that you that every machine in its vicinity will be stunned. Yes. Instantly, it didn't last can, that long though, did it? No. It was quite. It, it didn't give you enough like to regular, take them all out. Just, yeah, just like a regular stun. Yeah. But if you've got a particular tricky enemy nearby, it yeah. could be quite cool. Yeah. But also, you could override them and then destroy it. So you could override it, get your little bonus from the from the stun, and then retreat, and then destroy it, which creates the explosion, which damages the machine. So okay. that, that's what yeah. I did most mm, of the time. Okay. It's a quite cool little addition, though. Gives you something else to think about in a battle. A bit of a dick move, isn't it? I mean, override it, put it on your side, and then destroy it, Chris. I mean, <laughs> oh, absolutely. But that's what I'm all about. <laughs> They're also I massively pleasure. It was really satisfying when you did explode them as well. When they when they blew up, that was uh, that was actually give you a very satisfying explosion. So it was yeah. That's if, what I'd, I'd throw a few rocks at them to sort of get the machines around it and then blow it up. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, some of the yeah. some of the that is clever. I didn't I didn't go that far, but that is clever. Some of the explosions in this game are absolutely brilliant. Like the the uh, the bellow backs. Yeah, when you destroy the tanks on their back, mm. it really like the the sound is really really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. No, it's pretty. They, they, I found they were they were pretty cool. Give it gave you something else to think about in what would have otherwise been been regular battles. On the way up there, we also meet another new machine, the the Frost Claw. Um, look like kind of gr- big gorillas, don't they? Mm. These mm. things, yeah, with their weak points on their on their shoulders, um, susceptible to freezing, which worked really well, especially when you got the the new weapon, the frozen weapon, to just freeze them, and then once they're frozen, then you could turn to your powerful arrows and really kind of give it to them. I actually didn't find these too bad. The first one was uh, was was tricky until it's a bit of a surprise. Yeah, yeah. The only thing about these new machines, unless I'm wrong, on there isn't one of them that you can steal a a weapon from. No, that's true. No, because the only one I think is you can get a mine launcher, can't you? But we've already got that in in the main. Wait, who, which which one, one can you, you get from, that from the scorcher? I think it's a scorcher. Yeah. yeah. Mm, I think you might be right, actually, yeah. But I'm pretty sure we could do that in the main game. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Yeah, I definitely remember getting a a mine launcher from from one. One of the biggest issues I've got with the final battle that you have, or the battle against the Fireclaw, which is is a formidable enemy, loads of HP, just like in the main game, they didn't give you a chance. I mean, the Fireclaws should have had weapons all over them that you could peel away and use... But again, we didn't get the chance to do that. And every time you have a battle where you don't get a chance to steal a weapon and use it against it feels like it's a missed opportunity yeah, to me. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Bit of well, a shame. Yeah. And and obviously you couldn't override anything either. 
Not until the end. Not when until you've... the end. Yeah. So yeah. you you weren't able to sort of like get one on your side if you like. Yeah. Good luck getting close to a fire claw to override oh, yeah, that. That's true, I, yeah. No idea how you'd do it. Um, did you do that, Mads? In during the course of that, those final five fights after the cauldron. No. No, they're all demonic anyway, yeah. so you can't. So you, can. so you can't override them anyway. No. Oh, I wonder if there's any that you could override. I don't think so. I, I didn't I, try. I, By that point, out to I it, I'd tried had enough. I, I did really enjoy those last five uh, fights, actually. Yeah, I did have a go at one, and I think there was one where there was like two fire claws, mm. a demonic behemoth, and I thought, yeah, do you know what? Aratag is helping <laughs> on that one, so it's not that he hard. Is, I d- I cheese that one though. Mm. So they've got there's like an invisible arena, isn't there, where they won't come out of. Yeah. And so basically that, yeah. I sat on the edge of that, yeah. peppered them with some arrows, ran back out once they'd gone back, run in, just rinsed and repeat. Cheesed yeah. it a little bit, but yeah. yeah. You gotta be careful doing that though, because if they run out too far, they can it just resets and it resets their health. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I found that with a couple of the um the what the what was it called the um, you know in the main game where you've mm. got those um, I feel it's amazing how quickly you forget isn't it um, but yeah there was a couple of those scenarios where if you went if they ran away with you too far basically it just respawns them yeah okay um, and you've used all your all your supplies in depleting their health and then they're yeah all, all for not all for naught yeah. It definitely um, draws out into a pretty laborious fight. In, in otherwise, like the combat's like the best part of the game, isn't it? And then cheesing yeah. it a little bit. But, yeah. yeah. Some puzzles here, Mads, though, isn't there? Th- dotted throughout. We get the first one when we go up to see Araya with these nodes. I was thinking of you when I was yeah. doing these, yeah. uh, scratching my chin on these puzzles. Uh, they are ge- at least they are genuine puzzles. They are actual like puzzles, the, but they are okay. they are brute force puzzles, really, aren't they? I mean, you just go and, and you don't need to think; yeah. you just need to do. No. So, I, I have to say, I actually didn't enjoy those. I, I thought they were quite cumbersome and not a lot of fun. After our conversation last time about pacing, I was really I was really acutely aware of how they were trying to pace some of these things mm. in the DLC and. Puzzles is just another way of of pacing stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you run straight up to a rail and you crack on. So it's just a way of giving you, it's a way of causing some friction just to slow you down a little bit. I think. So also, narratively, it's really a way of uh, of you, you building. I mean, Aurea, you're she's completely in awe of you after you've actually fixed this yeah, thing. Yeah. So, so building some trust uh, by not just going there and opening it, but actually doing some work for it, I guess. Yeah, I quite, yeah. quite liked it, but I'd, yeah. I'm not. I'm one of that. Yeah, you know the little light where you set them up with get the power to run mm. through, don't you? And um, I, I quite liked the um, on, if you ever played uh, uh, the the new Spider-Man game, they've got yeah. like a little pipe mania type type yeah. puzzles uh, that you yeah, do it's as part of the Doctor Octopus stuff. Mm. Yeah, similar yeah. similar to I've not played that, but yeah, you can see kind of they are pipe mania ish, aren't yeah. they? These things. Yeah. I didn't dislike them, but I didn't. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm glad there wasn't any more. There's only about three or four, yeah. isn't it, throughout the yeah. whole yeah. DLC? So I'm glad there wasn't more than that. But I enjoyed them for I what mean, they were. They were pretty uh, simple, so I mean, I, I guess they were okay, like like that. But it wasn't something. It wasn't challenging, and and puzzles that aren't challenging are kind of well. It's to, just labor. To, isn't be it? fair, <laughs> to be fair, though, the last one. I um I remembered what you said in that in your WHB um 
episode. Yeah. Work from work from the end and go backwards. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool. It's good advice. That's Mads' advice. That was good advice. That. <laughs> yeah. I think it applies to most puzzle games, isn't it? Think about where you where you need to end up, not where you yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not they're not they're not terribly difficult. Uh Araya's doing a nut up here because she's 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 desperate to hear the voice of this spirit that she she got to know when she was uh she was fleeing from the Kaja during the, the Kaja wars when the Kaja were terrorizing the claim and the cut and she was held captive by the Kaja for a while. Um, but she was fleeing here, and when she made it up to this facility, um, which is right up in the north of the map, isn't it? You have to climb for ages to get up here. You get some lovely views if you turn around and and look back. Um, the 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 spirit, the cyan, as we know it is, um, cyan locks the door. Cyan stands for Caldera of Yellowstone Analytic Nexus. Um, cyan locks the door and keeps keeps the Kajir away. Um, which allows Araya to escape. Araya then, in return, Siam wanted Araya to go and get some parts. Again, it's all a bit balmy. She needed some parts. Apparently, she was in, uh, the AI was incomplete. She it needed some parts. Araya was sent off, and she took those parts to Thunder's Drum. Um, but she hadn't heard from the spirit for five years because a a, a demon, uh, the spirit had told Araya that it's being used by by a demon and then she hadn't heard the the spirit again until Aloy turns up and whatever Aloy does allows the, the the spirit to break through she says oh you need to come and help me I'm I'm trapped by this by this demon um so they resolve to go to thunder's drum and help the spirit um, to do that Aloy needs to of course she does she's only just turned up she's rocked up in this place she needs to take over the Werak. So what we haven't told is, is that the, uh, yeah, the very which... first thing you, when you enter the first village, the first settlement, is that the, there's a cutscene where Aratak has just returned uh, from yeah, an from attempt at going to Thunderstrom, where a lot of warriors were killed. Um, so so they really don't don't want to go back to Thunderstrom. But but Aratak says he must because that's what they do. Mm. They don't give up, but he will. He won't let Araya go. No. Um, and Araya says the only way I'm going to be able to go is if we get a new chieftain. Mm. And uh, of course, good old Aloy says, <laughs> "All right, I'll, I'll have a go. I'll have a go at that taking over the Werak." Um, and then we get a series of quests where she basically has to prove herself. So there's a there's there's a uh, there's a bandit camp here. There's a hunting ground. Um, we we probably said enough about those things although the, the the bandit camp is a really large bandit camp with kind of a boss at the end um, yeah. you do pick up another another weapon his the 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 flamethrower weapon um, by far the largest bandit camp in the in the whole game did you have to do both of the hunting grounds and the bandit camp to win over the werak i did but i'm not sure whether you could just do one of them i think you could just I do didn't one do the hunting ground i didn't do any hunting grounds you just do one yeah. of them Okay, yeah, I, I think you had three choices, right? You could do hunting grounds. You could do the banding camp, and what was the last one? Um, oh, it was a recommissioned tall, tall neck. Yeah, I did the tall I neck. Did the tall neck. Yeah, the I did tall neck. the tall neck. <clears throat> I did all three of them. Yeah, yeah, I did as well. Yeah, you only had to win one medal in each of the three things on the hunting ground, so you didn't have to go and get gold medals mm. in in all of them. Okay. 
But I'd already done the tall neck by the time. I mean, that was one of the first things I did mm. was was put the tall neck back together because I love. I like to uncover the map. You mm. see. Yeah, I did the tall neck again and the bandit camp. I think. Yeah, stay away from those hunting grounds. They're bad for you. So eventually, we make our way over to Thunder's Drum. And that's where we 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 go we go through. There's a long, long dungeon here, long cauldron. facility, yep. so it, which 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 ultimately ends in a cauldron. Mm. But even before you get to the cauldron, you have this um, huge facility. So this is where Project Firebreak was was housed. Um, you get this go. You you work your way through the scorches here. There's a there's a demonic thunder jaw that you have to battle your way through. Many, many battles. This is where I kept running out of blaze and I kept running out of chill water canisters. We end up in a cauldron. Um, much like the second cauldron with... Uh, yeah, and By this point, I was really struggling to kind of work out how to navigate my way around this place. I didn't, I didn't overly enjoy it. Um, we end up getting to the end of the cauldron and we, we, t- we take on... The, the fire claw, which really is, it's the last of the new machines. Yeah, I think for me, because it's a bit of an escort mission as well, isn't it? Going yeah, through the uh, through the cauldron. And I generally, I don't like escort missions in games. That's the difference in this cauldron, isn't it? You, you, you're you not only having to get yourself from A to B, but you're having to get Aratak and Araya mm. from A to B as well. Yeah. Um, which doesn't really change things up much, but yeah, you have to open up paths yeah. or create paths or... Yeah for them how did we all get on with the fire claw i know there was a couple of people i think i think aaron morpany we're going to hear from shortly uh i know he was he struggled a little bit with this final boss in the in the cauldron uh, i found it a long fight but i did do it first time playing on playing on normal do you guys okay with it yeah i think i did in the first go as well um but it was a long fight and while you're fighting it, three towers pop up as well that you need to disable, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's that's it was a good right fight. You lost. It was a good fight. It was uh, interesting, and I was close to dying a couple of times. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's where I I lost health because the towers pop up. Yeah, and then you lose your shield, don't you? When they, they disable that's the other thing they do. Yeah. yeah, they disable your shield, and yeah. then you've got like scorches and stuff like that that are out, that are on you as well at the same time. As well as this fire claw, and so that that sort of at my health a little bit then. Mm. But I think yeah. I'd, by that point, I'd got like three of the um, like you know like the med kits, if you like, yeah. where you can use your plants. I can't remember what they're called now. But then I'd also got the loads of potions as backup, so I, I was never like close to actually yeah. dying because mm. I got loads of like backup. But yeah. but you had to use them. But I had to use them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a long battle. I suppose on the harder difficulties, maybe it's more fun. You got a bit more jeopardy. I think, like you, Jim, I didn't ever feel like I was in. But I was in danger. The problem with this battle was the that you were confined to a small arena. Fighting these beasts out in the open, as you do later on, is a lot more fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't yeah, really enjoy this yeah. battle, to be honest. I, I I got through it and it was okay, and then I, I finished that part of the story. But fighting, I mean, when you're done with this, it, it turns out that five of these, they, they were being built, of course, in this cauldron. And five of these have already yeah. been set out in, in, in the, the world. So you need to, to hunt those down as well. 
that was good fun. I mean, that was when I had time to yeah. scan them, find their weak spots, disable what I needed to disable, and and so on and so forth. That was that was some great great battles. Yeah, maybe I should have done those. I think I just think by the time I battled my way, because this is a long section. Yeah. I mean, for the moment you go into Thunder's Drum, you know, good took me a good two three hours. Mm. To get through this, and yeah. I think I just, I think I just felt pretty done with it by the end. Yeah, I can understand that. I, I almost didn't play the final mission because, also narratively, I thought, well, why? I mean, come on, I've yeah, already this, done this. Yeah, why do I have done. to do this five times yeah. more? But then I did the yeah. first one, and and I mean, just the dashing from cover to cover, and and actually figuring out how to fight this foe, not just running around frantically shooting at it as you were in in, in the in the cauldron. I was at least. Trying to take it down in in the right way that was that was cool. Yeah, that was some of the best battles I've had in this game. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't realize that because it, it obviously we'll get there, but at the end it all sort of it wraps up the sort of main story, if you like, of the DLC quite nicely, doesn't it? You chat to the AI and all yeah. the rest of it, and then it wasn't until you said, Mads, that there's another bit where you have to go and fight these five other. Yeah, five other machines. Yeah, that, that I didn't realize that bit was actually there. Mm. That you could actually yeah, went and like, did it. Yeah. They escaped from the cauldron, didn't they? These things. The Hephaestus was making these machines, and mm. these five fire claws had escaped. So you got to take them down. Yeah. It in my version of the Horizon world, these things have run an absolute rampage <laughs> around the place. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I didn't. I didn't destroy. But we, we haven't actually just to talked about. I mean, to each uh, other anyway. it's fine. We destroy this thing. We get back, and uh, and and Cyan is back online, and, and so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, well. Aurea actually dies in the process. She gives her gives she her life yeah. to to actually enable the final fight. Yeah. So in their religion, I, I like that she died from getting electrocuted. So in their religion, she actually entered the blue light. So so dying from yeah. being electrocuted is a good thing. <laughs> but yeah. religion is a is a weird <laughs> thing, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- that doesn't end the story there. But but what was most important for me with this as DLC was the little little tiny tidbits of extra information about silence we got, and in the end yeah. that was quite disappointing, wasn't it? I mean, all we got was yeah. he was a bit of a bad guy. He stole some was it technology or knowledge from the other shamans. Well, he conned his way to get to know where their sacred meeting place that was, was it, didn't yes. he? Now we don't really we don't really know what, what's in nope, there. It no. was a sacred place for the Banuk. Yep. Um and he he turned up he'd been vouched for by the shaman from another Banuk tribe way to the north. Um I think what's clear is Araya was really impressed by him because he was really knowledgeable about machines Mm. and was hungry for whatever they knew. So they arranged to meet him at this sacred place. He turned up. And then when they next went back there, the place had been looted. So we don't, we don't know what he stole. Um, and then he disappeared, and then the people who vouched for him had also disappeared. So that part of the story actually disappointed me a bit because that was what yeah. they. I mean, that was you had one job; you, you needed to to build that story, and, and they didn't really do that. Yeah. I, I like the whole and, and Air Attack Aurelia and Cyan story. I, I I enjoyed playing through that, but the yeah. silence bit was a bit disappointing, wasn't it? Yeah, especially because they teased it right from the yeah end, didn't yeah they? Like, yeah. We're not going to tell you been through, and yeah, we're not yeah. going to tell you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you could have just told me at the start it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> it really isn't that big a deal. <laughs> but you could 
just going back to what we were talking about at the start, if you went and somehow managed... So if you went, as soon as this quest opened up in Day Tower, if at that point you went up to the cut and you somehow managed to get past the Scorcher, which I don't know how you would at that low level, you would get that audio clip where Silence comes on and says, you don't want to go up here, these are weird people and you should stick focus on your task. In the main story, we would never, we wouldn't have met Silence at that point. Mm. No, never thought of so that. So I wonder how it squares that away. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it would, would it? Yeah. It'd just, you just get that audio clip. And you'd be like, who, who yeah, is this, this guy talking yeah. to me? Cedric Daniels is is in my ear. I don't really know how to stop it. But I, yeah, I mean, unless they just assume that people wouldn't, because I imagine you can get to Day Tower probably no. Probably level 12, 13, 14. You wouldn't survive a trip up there. The Scorchers, Scorchers would kill you. Kill you in one hit, I imagine. Because your your armour would be really weak as well. But if you were somehow mad skilled enough to do that, Mm. you could end up really confused here about what's what's going on. I I quite like the whole Hephaestus bit, you know that that tied in quite nicely into the main story. Hephaestus had, had essentially taken over this uh, this cauldron, this this AI uh, AI to produce machines. Hephaestus has identified, and this is something which I think it does give us a little bit of more depth to the main story. Hephaestus is, has identified the humans as a threat because the humans start to hunt the machines. So in order to uh, eliminate the humans, the, the threat to, to the Gaia project, it creates uh, more powerful machines to stop the humans. And I think that's pretty cool, because in in that sense, Hephaestus is only doing what it was created to do as the subroutine of Gaia. But, but, but obviously it's... For uh, sure, the only, the only failsafe that would be in a system like that would be never kill any humans. And who's controlling Hephaestus? Yes. Because that it remarks in this that Hephaestus is being controlled from elsewhere. Mm. So what we don't know, and again, this ties nicely back to the mystery of the main game at the end, is who's behind it all? Who hacked Gaia? Um, who hacked Hades? Mm. Yeah. And, and at, the end, a, yeah. at the end, they say, don't they, that he's, uh, he's not dead. Um, he, he is, he's just gone somewhere. They've not yeah. killed him. Yeah. yeah. He will be back. So we'll see in Forbidden West. Yeah. That's yeah. it. So before Next we go season. any further, should we just listen to Aaron Maupin's clip? Hi, this is Maupin with some thoughts on Horizon Zero Dawn. This is the game I had hoped Playthrough would cover when I purchased a PS4. I had heard great things about it from various gaming podcasts, and it didn't disappoint. I'm a sucker for a hero's journey where the hero has some sort of advantage over everyone else, like a focus, and uses it to overcome any obstacles in her way. It's a great game. I played on hard mode, but accepting the DLC's cauldron, I really didn't find it hard. The world building and combat were the highlights of the game. Even though the story was doled out in massive info dumps that seemed few and far between, It kept my attention because I so badly wanted to find out what happened to humanity and why the world was teeming with giant robot animals. My favorite story moment in the game has to be Aloy's dismay when she emerged from the mountain to find out that the tribe that formerly shunned her 
was now all but worshipping her. Combat with machines remained satisfying all through my playthrough, which went well beyond 100 hours. I primarily used the Tear Blast and Precision Arrows, and only really dipped into the other arrow and weapon types when the game forced me to. It was always satisfying, blowing components off machines or exploding their tanks and causing massive damage to them and other nearby machines. I really enjoyed the stealth mechanic, especially when it came to bandit camps. But it was disappointing that the game gave you so few opportunities to override machines and throw them at human opponents. I feel like outside of combat and world building and story, most of the systems in the game were solidly okay, but not exceptional. Most side quests were utterly forgettable. Uh, Aloy's dialogue choices had no effect on gameplay that I noticed. I didn't use potion crafting. Collectible data points seemed like filler, and I think a missed opportunity because they really didn't flesh out the story. After a while, I stopped caring about the skill tree. Human enemy AI couldn't have been more stupid. I remember at one bandit camp, two bandits were side by side looking over a ledge, and I pulled one to his death. The other had no reaction. Uh, the game drowns the player in loot, so much so that I stopped paying attention to what I found. Clearing out my various satchels to make room for new loot was a chore. And climbing looked cool, but was atrocious. All that said, the combat and story more than makes up for these unexceptional elements, and I'll never forget the first time I climbed a tall neck and rappelled down from its saucer. Thanks to the hosts, and of course, all the other members of the Discord, for another great playthrough. Aramopin, thank you very much for your clip. Much appreciated, mate, and it's nice that we've uh, got one, got one from the from the audience for to, to wrap up Horizon. Just before we do that, there are some interesting side quests which we just want to touch upon because I think we all probably spent a little bit of time on side quests. I don't think I've quite seen them all. Does anybody does anybody want to shout out any of their particularly favourite side quests from the DLC? Yeah, I'll shout out the uh, the waterlogged side quest. I thought that yeah, was good. We that was good. go and uh, re re energize the dam. Um yeah. and it was it was nice to play uh, like it felt like a structured sort of side quest rather than yeah. one where you just sort of scan here, track there, and find yeah. someone who's under attack by machines. You know, there was these are the few little puzzles where they felt a little bit Tomb Raider-ish where you have to sort of climb up uh, yeah. the interior of the dam and and sort of counterweight. And you know, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. He was really funny, that guy, the Delver down there as well, Gildan, mm. wasn't it? Yes. He was really, yeah, yeah. He was really, and really well acted as well. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that one, and yeah, I think there's a lot of these side quests that were, that were involved and, and multi-layered and in a nice environment, um, and then you ended up getting to that point where they were the lady was playing the music. Yes, that's it. So that's the only yeah. reason that you actually got the water away from the dam, so she could bang her her big drum, which was just the pipes <laughs> that she was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'd say I thought it was going to be something quite. I thought it was going to be something much more impressive it, that in terms of like the actual when she said she would play for you or whatever. I thought you were going to get some proper reverberations around there, uh, but it, it wasn't. It was literally just her yep. tinkling away on yeah. some uh, yep. so, some old lead pipes. <laughs> that, yeah, that was your uh, your payback for the hour that it took or whatever. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was good though. That was a good side quest. And a lot yes. of these side quests had the they're quite light, had a tinge of humour to them as well. I mean, some of them uh, not so much. Uh, any anyone else have any particular favourites or one that you want to want to mention? There was that uh, Banuk Brawler who was uh, wrongly accused of murder. Um, yes, of, uh, Frontier Justice to... or something that one. That See, was that I, was quite. A I good didn't. One. F- I never come across that really? one. Oh okay. no. Okay. Can you remember it, where where it was? I, I have seen it on the very a, first voice you get to at yeah, some later point edge, in time. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 Really? Then you you can it go talk to him. He's like. Hidden away on a cliffside somewhere, because yeah. he's uh, he's been captured. And you go talk to him, and uh, he will say that he's innocent. Or, but actually, he will say that he doesn't really know whether he's innocent or not because he he likes to fight fight people, and he was drunk. But uh, <laughs> apart from that, you, you you get a feeling that he's innocent. And then there's three four missions, I think, to to prove his yeah. innocence. I, I like that uh, quest line as well. But that was yet another yeah. one of those. Um, if I do recall correctly, but when you actually find him at some point, he is um, up high up in the snow without any clothes on. He's got frost in his in his arms. Yeah, and he should be dead by all right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, but they took him up you to just the mountain. Give him a pad and, uh, and put a little bit of clothes on <laughs> him and some carter clothes actually, and then he's good to go. I didn't find that yeah. one. That's a shame. I like that. I like that question line. Yeah. Did you guys see the one with Bergrand that you also picked up in um, Song's Edge? Yes. The one where he'd sent the hunters out yeah. to find some parts for him. to go hunt yeah. with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and th- those three are brilliant because they keep coming up with some random names. They're trying to form a new Werak, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. they want that's right, yeah. So they, what do they call themselves? The Blazing Turkeys? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Or the, the the burning turkeys or the sunshine sh- snowshoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like those guys. That's really cool, and it's an excuse for some for some good mm. fights as well. But I, yeah, some of the it felt just a little bit more like you know you can imagine the devs kind of saying, "Ah, oh, come on, who's got some funny ideas yeah. for these <laughs> for these side quests? So let let's make up something that was maybe didn't quite make the cut for the main game." Feels. A little bit off the wall, and then the really sad one about the lady who the the two the the couple who one has to abandon the other one who's injured and she won't she won't ask for she won't take any help. Yeah, yeah. she ends up going back to the settlement. I came across that a bit weird because I didn't get the introduction. I didn't get the introduction from the settlement. I actually just stumbled across oh, okay. it hmm. in in the wild, so I didn't really know what was going on, which probably spoiled yeah. it a little bit. I was out looking for them when I I found them. So, oh, okay. Did anyone do the side mission where you have to track down? There's a monster that sort of goes under the snow. Yes, I think I did. Yeah, every yeah. single side big, mission, big boss this. battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that was the um, that was a rock. Bro- it was a yeah, rock yeah, breaker, was wasn't it? Demonic rock yeah. breaker, mm. wasn't it? That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a good fight. Yeah. That mm. yeah, that's quite a difficult one. Yeah, I love those rock breakers because you can take off their little hands and little yeah, you get the digging claws and then they yeah. just have to slide around on the ground. And they're absolutely useless. Yeah. <laughs> and almost every yeah. place where you need to fight those guys, there's some place that you can stand that they can't reach you. Yeah, yeah. There was Although a there was a, like a rock outpost, wasn't there? Yeah. 
And if you stand right in the middle of it, they, I think he can, <laughs> he can get you if it comes up and sort of lands yeah. on it, but he can't come from underneath. Nope. I was standing there and just, just slowly killing it. It's good fun. I used the, uh, on a lot of the sort of later enemies, I used the three different types of bombs yeah. from the slingshot. Yeah. And yeah. the sticky bombs are great because it would pop out onto the ground and you'd throw three or four sticky bombs on it and then it would dive away back underground again and then you just hear the explosion and just <laughs> just see the number come up from underground <laughs> as to what, what damage has been done to it. Uh, that's cool. I didn't even, I didn't cool, even yeah. think to do that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really use that blasting card. I, I, used, that, I used that loads. Mm. Um, particularly, so uh, the sticky bombs, I think each one, oh, I forget, but it was well into the, well into the hundreds that it was doing with each explosion so you could oh, like man. I say you could just keep slinging at them and they would get you know because of the timings you would get three or four sometimes yeah. yeah definitely three or four onto them before the first one exploded and it just off and then the next one and the next one and the next one so you could very quickly do like the best part of a, a couple thousand damage oh. see it's funny isn't it you had 80 odd hours and the tactics that I just never used mm-hmm. yeah just something about the depth of the combat <laughs> The last thing I really wanted to mention was the figurines. So they introduced some new collectibles in the DLC. There's a there's a die thing around which really seemed to 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 have much significance. But the one that I quite like was these little figures of of the beasts lying around. Did you guys collect any of those? Yeah, no. I collected like did two you get or them three all, Andy? by accident. I did, yeah. But I think I'm right. So I've got them all. I haven't. I think there's one because there's five of them, wasn't there? Four or yeah. five, so I've got one in my inventory. I've got one in my inventory that I need to go put and put on the. La- it's the last one I need to go and put on the plinth. So I haven't done that okay. yet. I've got I got the achievement for getting them all, but I haven't put it on yeah. the plinth. So I don't know if you yeah, yeah. do you get do you get anything for that? Or? No. Okay. No. Other than a funny description of the yes, essay, trying to puzzle out what these animals did. That they and and did you guys come across the Montana Recreations hut? Yes. No. Yeah, where you can place the figurines yeah. in the. It plays these little RR, AR segments, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, it's really, really mm-hmm. cool. Jim, yeah, you've, it's probably not worth booting up the game just, just to see it, but it's it's really cool. So you find these figurines out in the wild, and as Matt just said, you put them on these plinths, and it plays this AR clip, mm. and there's a, there's a voice over the top. I, I absolutely crapped myself the first time that voiceover came oh, on as well because it, it's yeah, really it's deep good. and really loud and I thought I'd sort of <laughs> done something I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> yeah, it's like a voiceover from the old ones, you know, saying about this grizzly bear. I, I assumed the voice was from once these animals have become extinct back before the, the plague. Mm. Because it's talking about the old grizzly bear, you know. Yeah. And then the, the, guy, the guy who's who's kind of repurposed this Montana recreations is a guy called Enjuk. And uh, he's he's like obsessed about this guy who he thinks his name is Montana Recreations, the guy who's talking every time you put an animal on the plinth. Obviously, that was the name of like the shop or the museum yeah. um, recreations of the animals. But he thinks I, I think that- it, I think it was on the little figurines themselves, wasn't it? It was like cast into them saying Montana Recreations. Made by I Montana think. Yeah, yeah. Because he says, doesn't he, that he says, oh, if I become more famous, maybe I could be known as Enjuk Recreation. (laughs) 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 It's really... But doesn't like the descriptions of the figures as well, like on the grizzly bear, 
he's saying to Aloy, yeah, you know, grizzly bear means old. So this was a really old bear, a grizzled bear. He's, <laughs> he's talking yeah. complete nonsense. I don't know what, I can't, I forget now, but what was, I just remember having a little chuckle. What was it he was saying that the de- he thought the deer's antlers were for? Um, oh, yeah, I can't remember now, but it, it was something completely it, wrong. I, I thought there's some proper kind of light relief, these conversations. I thought, but, but uh, there was something, like a real sort of, naive sort of innocence about it where you think you know it, it was perfectly reasonable what he was saying I, I really I, I, it was quite cleverly written those bits I liked it he really good it's really, really, really good. One of my favourite bits, actually, yeah. of the DLC was Stumble, because I stumbled across Montana, across Montana Recreations after I'd collected all five of the figurines. Ah, nice. Okay, so okay. Yeah. Instantly could just pop them on the plinths and laugh at the descriptions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds was... similar to um, the, the cups, the cups with the shaving cups yeah. and stuff like yeah. that in the, yeah. in the main game, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, only, only more, more made of it, you know. If they yeah. kind of took that a little few steps further, it was... Uh, really, really nice. And the Montana Recreations, it's like set in the middle of, obviously, the middle of nowhere, snowy nowhere, but you get that lovely glow. So I kind of was like, what's that building there? With like the glow coming from the fire. Yeah, really evocative of uh, those kind of snowy settings, lovely stuff. So it feels like we are some and some, each of us on the DLC. Mads, would you say? Some good, some bad? Yeah, definitely. I mean... Uh, I have to say I had a hard time getting into it, but as soon as I got into it, I really enjoyed it, actually. So I enjoyed it. I would say definitely play this, but if you're starting the game all from scratch, which you probably aren't if you listen to this, because then we spoiled the entire game for you, so what are you doing? But uh, <laughs> if you are starting the game from scratch, please play it when you hit around level 30, or when it makes sense to go searching for more information about silence, at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jim, would you agree with that? Would you say play it during the course of the main game rather than come to it afterwards? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed it. There's, yeah, yeah, no, I enjoyed it overall. And and like yeah. I say, I think some of the side missions are definitely better structured, and and you can definitely you can see. But like, if you do play it whilst you're playing the main game, yeah, you, you will see a difference. Definitely. Yeah, I yeah, agree with that. Yeah, direction of travel's good actually for Forbidden West, isn't it? Hmm. With this stuff. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Andy, anything to add to that? Not particularly. No, I on the whole, I I still really enjoyed it, definitely. And yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Play it when it sort of fits within with the idea being you want to you want the final battle in the main game to be your you want that to bookmark the your your sort of yeah. playtime with the game. I would suggest. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it'll work better if you do that. Yeah, I, I think on the whole, I. I I think maybe it's it's a short main story or main quest uh, or it's not even that it's even just a side quest really. But um, all the other bits and bobs are in this. There weren't really any of them that I thought were that got as good as what the best ones in the main game were. I think the main game still had the best content from that perspective. But what I did love was having the just a new territory, a brand new territory, given the space that we'd put. And I guess that was one of the advantages of having joined the DLC so late in our overall playtime, because you, 
there was still lots to discover on the main map, but yeah. you but you had uh, you'd seen it. You ha- you'd seen a, a lot of it, so there was something really nice about this sense of the unknown, and that's actually why mm. it took me so long to get into the story missions on the DLC. Was I just set off and just went around, and that's why that's largely why I was collecting all the things like the blue gleam and the dyes yeah. and everything first. It was just an excuse to go off and explore yeah. and light some campfires so that you could do some fast traveling and just it was that I, I think this game's at its best when it's when you've got that sense of the unknown and you're never quite yeah. sure, particularly up here because earlier on you still hadn't obviously put all of the machines into your catalog yet. So yeah. you 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 had no idea what was going to be over the next horizon. No. And sometimes you could you could hear something and you'd drop over and it'd be I would it would have been nice if maybe had a couple new extra machines or a couple new just sort of some something else completely unknown because the what when you did see the new ones it was actually really exciting but it was good definitely I am um, I, I think we're you know we kind of talked about a few of the criticisms and I noticed it particularly in this one and I didn't play the main game in this fashion so I don't know if it was such an issue but what I did notice was there was quite a lot of the game on the DLC, there were quite a few areas of the map that were gated off until you got yeah. to that point mm. in the story. And so it did break that sense of exploration a wee bit where you weren't able to, to even from the point of view of trying to collect some of the blue gleam, there was some that were basically locked behind um, a particular mission on the, the main yeah. the main quest. So it, it, it was just from that, it, it, stuff like that. Not that it's an overly immersive game, but it's just when you kind of come against, come across these sort of invisible gates like that. It's it, yeah. it just it, it just you it, it just yeah. takes Spoils it. it just it, it just takes a little it just takes a layer off the polish, and you think oh you know yeah. like for a, for a properly seamless experience that shouldn't be happening. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, I hit the edge of the world a couple of times in the DLC. And yeah, it just kind of crashes you out. Into, but it, this it, this, it this respawns you, doesn't it? Yeah, but this this was not even the edge of world stuff. This was there, there's some areas that you yeah, where op- it just gated by the t- by yeah. the mainline quest. Yeah. yeah. But on the whole, yeah, definitely it was it was great. I think it I, I think I will be we'll see. I, I think the next game coming up there'll be a wee bit of spare time. I may, while I'm still kind of reasonably au fait with the controls and the gameplay, I might just for my own peace of mind just tick off those last few bits and then <laughs> see if you can get uh, the platinum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either that or I'll just start getting completely obsessed with it and you know, I'll just <laughs> I'll never be able to let it go. But it's yeah, it, it, it's a game where you you can have you can have too much of it in one go, but I, I would suggest it's not one that you could have too much of overall. I don't think you know what a, yeah. what a, what an amazing world to go and run around in, and, and I would happily I, I would happily after a, a break I would happily go and play um, Forbidden West. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was well. Have you said that the space? Well, the yeah, the, the the guide for that arrived the other day from Amazon. I'd pre-ordered oh, that, nice. and I think that came out. I think just last week or something like that. So yeah. that sat there waiting for the future. So yeah, brilliant game. Yeah, let the future commence. Now I think yeah. I mean, as I've said, I think for me it was it felt a little bit after the Lord Mayor's parade. Um, I struggle with open world games after the credits have rolled. Scott Lamont said exactly the same thing. Essel37 in our Discord said the same thing that I love these games, but once the credits have rolled, like that for me is like there's a bookend there. Mm. And I do struggle then. It was exactly the same with Breath of the Wild. Jim, like you, I mean, yeah. I've probably spent more on time on Breath of the Wild than I have other than the likes of Football Manager and FIFA back in the day. 
probably spent more time on Breath of the Wild than any other game and really loved it. But I really struggled going back to the shrines after I'd rolled the credits and I waited and waited and waited to roll the credits because I knew I would feel like that. And I did feel a little bit like that fatigue going back into Horizon as well. That it's like this should be finished and it's not. And it's, you know, I've got this mainline quest looking at me that I've already done. And it did, I think, like mad, it took me a while to get into it. And then I kind of went in peaks and troughs with it. When I was involved in side quests, I was really enjoying it. And then I felt the fatigue setting in again. But I enjoyed it enough to spend 20 hours. My advice for people listening to this is and who haven't already played it is actually play it as part of the main game as Mads has said or actually play it like it was intended finish the game give it six months or so and then go back to it because you won't have had long enough then to completely forget how to do everything but it will be cool to rediscover the controls and there'll be it'll be just 20 hours more horizon mate, mate at, at this yeah. age a week is long enough to completely forget how to do it so. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah we are middle-aged I, I gamers been able right? to remember. yeah i've been able to remember half of the terminology never mind how to play this stupid thing <laughs> no i know have a clue find it back up now. so look that is that is horizon done yes um Many, many hours of game, many hours of podcast, but I've enjoyed it. Yeah, great uh, choice. And I, yeah, I think we all have as well to to various extents, but I think we're all very positive on the game. Yeah. So much so that Mads has been on the journey since we started, which is culminates. Oh, Mads, did you play the DLC on the PS5? I did. Yeah. Any noticeable difference in frame rates or anything that you could nope. spot? <laughs> <laughs> I played, I played time, the other part load, of right? the PS4 Pro, so that was fine as well. Yeah. Loading times faster are loaded. Better. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. It was worth the money after all. Yes. So Matt was, was last generation when we started this game, and he's now uh, he's now bang up to date, and and he's overtaken us with his, yeah. with his blooming Steam Deck. <laughs> um, no, I'm not jealous much, um, but I am handing the torch, the playthrough torch, to Mister Gilmore. For him to introduce our next game. Thank you very much, and obviously thanks again, Chris, for the choice of game as well. And, and just to- Andy, I'm listening now. I'm, I'm listening, and I'm ready for the the tie-in with Monkey Island. So if if you don't get it, I'm going to be on your case. So just just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, hold that thought because what I'm going to do, Matt, is I'm aware you've got an early start, and I'm also aware that there's the potential to come in with a sub two hour episode here. So um, I think because of the nature of this game and its length more than anything else, is I'm literally just going to give you a quick sales pitch for the listeners here for the next one, and then we'll go into this stuff on the first episode when we start it properly, because that's always quite a nice time to go into the actual real kind of development side of things. So, yeah, the final game of Season 3 has come around, The Wolf Among Us, and it takes us probably right back into what was maybe one of the at the time of when we came up with a podcast, one of the main areas of focus that we thought about, so kind of Xbox 360, PS3 era, where we all had these quite big black holes in our in our gaming library. So this released in early October 2013. Um, there were subsequent releases uh, on 2014 of various platforms, but you should find it's available on just about everything now. Um, it's on Mac, PS3, PS4, PS Vita, Windows, and Xbox 360, which I am sadly my Xbox 360 is packed away now. I, I'm 99% sure I bought it on the Xbox 360, but when I signed into my 
Xbox Series X account today. It wasn't showing it as registering it, so I've I've had to rebuy it today. But it was twelve pounds. I can live with that. It's fine. Um, But I think I I picked up a physical copy for fifteen for on the Xbox One. Oh, very good. Yeah, it's not. And I think I'm right in saying I don't know if it's the case on all of the game stores, but there's quite a few of them that I think offer the first episode for free. And then you can then subsequently, obviously, if you want to play on with us. So it might be one that you might even get a wee free look-see to see whether or not it's something that you want to continue mm. playing with us. Um, there was actually a physical in- release as well. I have the physical Xbox One yeah. release, I think. Yeah, that's what I've got yeah. as well, yeah. 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 Uh, there is a Vita version yeah. as well, which goes for a pretty penny now. So I've actually played this already, uh, but I, I have it on... Not Steam, I guess. I think I actually play, uh, paid for it on the Telltale store because I, I use I love Telltale, so I used to play to to um, buy their games on their own online store. Yeah, they're yeah. gone now. <laughs> All gone. How how does that work now, then, Mads? Because you bought those games on the Telltale store. So how does that work now? Then? I'll tell you. I can't get those games anymore. You can't. No, I, I oh, should no. have downloaded them all. I think I actually have actually somewhere or downloaded them all and then saved the, uh, the EXE files. But uh, they were Windows games back then, and I, I played. I, I'm pretty sure I played all of the episodes. But I'm, I'm looking forward to rediscovering whether I actually played through the entire thing back in the day. Yeah. Well, there should be five episodes so whether you've played them or not yep. we'll soon find out yep. but um as always moby games great source of information just to give you a little bit of what the game is and isn't and you can decide whether or not it might be something you want to play along with so it describes it as a a five-part adventure game series based on the fables comic book series by bill willingham uh, it's probably worth mentioning that i think this game is a prequel to those comic books so if you have them it might be worthwhile i know that sometimes we obviously we bought these horizon comic book series uh that i think would have spoiled things quite quickly so maz you're shaking your head as though i've read i've played this game and i've read the uh, first two of the the big collections of those uh fables yeah this is this can't be a prequel because um i i can't say too much without uh destroying the narrative here but there are definitely some things happening in the game that couldn't have happened before the the, the comics take place okay it is that de- i mean that it, I, on the it's definitely a prequel that everything that i've read says it's a prequel. okay but yeah it, that really sense. The- we'll get into that when we get to to play the game yes yeah. okay well it may or may not be a prequel let's find out Let's go on an adventure together. Um, it sounds quite a cool concept. I mean, I'm you've obviously had a wee bit of an insight here, Mads, but this is one of the things that kind of really appealed to me. So um, it describes an alternate version of our world where characters of our fairy tales and fables live in a separate world known as the Homelands, ruled by a tyrant known as the Adversary. And there are some who have fled this world. They're referred to as fables, and they've established a colony in the human world known as Fable Town, which is located in Manhattan in the USA. Um, they have to hide their presence from the humans by taking on a human form through an enchantment known as Glamour. But when the fables refuse to take it or can't afford it, they are sent to a rural community known as the Farm. Um, in the game, the player controls Big B Wolf, um, obviously a play on the Big Bad Wolf, uh, the reformed Big Bad Wolf who has now become the Sheriff of Fable Town. Um, his task is to make sure the residents follow the laws, and the game is filled with references and characters from all the famous fables such as Snow White, Beauty, the Beast, Mr. Toad, Bluebeard, the Little Mermaid, the Woodsman, um, 
but often with a grim attitude while most of the game has a noir, hard-boiled atmosphere. So that's the kind of the the general sort of setting of it. Um, and obviously it's a tell... Well, I say obviously, it is a telltale game. So for those of you who haven't played a telltale game, very much sort of narrative-driven, um, lots of branching paths, multiple choices, all of which I think, from what I understand it, actually do have real-world implications. It's not a case of you can choose one or two or three different options, but ultimately we all end up in the same place. So I think in a similar vein to Until Dawn and hopefully to a greater extent, I think it'll be quite interesting to play it with the four of us because I think we will yeah. all be making different choices yeah. and it'll be quite interesting to see how that, that all pans out. We might end up having actually quite different play experiences. Yeah. Um, yeah. So The narrative can change apparently as well, like really change. Yeah, yeah. So it gives you a wee bit about that. It says the gameplay is... Um, story driven incorporates decisions by the player that are carried along for the entire game as I've just mentioned Um, there's a certain amount of freedom and exploration and sometimes multiple paths are offered for instance in choosing where to go next many objects in the environment can be examined and some can be picked up and are stored in a separate inventory so fairly standard stuff Uh, these objects are not always necessary to solve puzzles but can improve relationships and conversations when the object is useful. So maybe a little tip there for when we start playing. Conversations with key characters and solving small puzzles are the most important trigger to progress through the game. Many of the action sequences are shown as a cinematic or through quick time events for the player to act quickly. So... Some of us, uh, I know they can be quite divisive, the quick time you events. Love a Q- you love a QTE, Andy. I love me a QTE, so we'll see what other people are saying about it. Um, however, it does say when they're not performed in time, the character dies or the game chooses a different route for the events. Yeah. So they are time limited and it also gives um, conversation options, but they're almost always time limited. And then when the player doesn't react in time, a decision is made automatically. So we had a similar thing, I think, until dawn, some of the choices. Yeah, Yeah. I I like that because otherwise what ends up happening is you sit there and completely overanalyze the choices and you think, oh, well, if I do this and that'll cause that and that'll cause that. I quite like getting put on the spot and think, right, what would Mm. I actually do and what seems Mm -hmm. like the right choice in this situation um so and best of all for us yeah go for it Matt. so that part you say you have some some a limited amount of time to actually answer some question that will affect your your story if you don't get to answer them in in the right time but the okay. quick time events mainly in in most uh, telltale games will just kill you and then restart so okay okay kind of pointless in that but uh, okay all right let's see when we get there they, they can yeah. still be uh, interesting, but they don't shape the story. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see how it pans out. Um, and I think what is also very useful for the podcast, each episode ends with a sneak peek at the events in the next one, and a new episode starts with a short recap. And the so Monkey Island hook is? Uh, same designers, is it? Uh, uh, stories written partly by Dave Grossman. Yeah. Uh, okay, but there's quite a few of the others that are sort of likes of the um, the art direction. It was David Bogan? He did all the he did some Monkey Island stuff, some Sally uh, yeah, Max but stuff. That's, didn't he? But that's the the Telltale yeah, Monkey the Island. Telltale I mean, Dave Grossman was yeah. was there from the get go. Ah, okay, I'm with you. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. The he does not show up in any of the credits. He definitely did yeah, work on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. He worked at Telltale at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. 
There you go. Yeah. Oh, well, see, we'll go into all of this stuff in more detail mm. next time around. Um, that's always a good time where we sort of have a proper deep dive into um, its its origins and all this. So I will be. Uh, I will see if I can find a Monkey Island link that you don't know, Mads, <laughs> yes. and see if I can surprise you with that. So, so while Andy was doing his waffle, brilliant waffle, by the way, mate, I was just uh, having a look on my phone here. It, everybody and their mother calls this a prequel to the the Fable series. You're right. But I there, there's one thing that makes me think that that can't be true. So I'm going to have to reread the at least the first couple of comics before I play this, just, just to see uh, see how that train derails in some way. Okay, okay. I've been eyeing up the first of the anthologies on Amazon, but it's like forty-five quid. Really? I'm no okay. doubt going to yeah. go there, but I've been. Is uh, that that's for a used copy as well? Is it not? Uh, I think so. Yeah, it's expensive because it's out of print, oh, isn't okay. it? Yeah, they're they're mega expensive if you've got the. Uh, it's, it's still going. It's still going. The Fable series. I think it, I was read something this morning that says it's up to about. Issue 114 wow. now. Okay. Oh wow! So yeah. I bought the first. I did say I'll probably. So they were quite cheap, but that's ten years ago, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're not cheap mm. now. I might try and pick one up. I like having stuff like that to have alongside. It's always just to have on. You know, if I don't have a, I won't. I probably won't bother buying a physical copy of the game. But it's always quite nice to just have some physical memento of each mm. game that we've played throughout the uh, throughout the. The, the playthrough series so yeah I might well yeah. pick up the, the graphic novel um, another hint for the listeners Andy not safe to play with the children in eye or earshot I believe as well okay okay alright well I think yeah <laughs> it might shatter a few of their um, their beliefs about the fairy tale world and it, it might yeah. be uh, I, I dare say it'll be a slightly different version of uh, Beauty and the Beast that uh, that I watched with my uh, my three year old daughter so it's um, yeah he probably has a few additional habits that Disney don't show so it's um, yes a good point well made um, in terms of how we're actually going to split it up and structure it we did this with which was the one we did lots of short episodes for? Beep, 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 beep. Can't we zero. Always have, yeah. yeah, they're all short episodes. Of course they are. They're so all short episodes. Um, Come on. <laughs> we're going to try and do some fairly quick-fire episodes. Uh, the reason being, so like I say, it's split into five episodes, each consisting of six chapters. Um, it seems the guidance seems to be somewhere between an, between an hour and a half and two hours uh, per episode. Yeah. So... I think probably for most people, that's, you know, a couple of evenings gaming. So the plan will be we are going to do five separate podcasts and we'll just try. We've got some tentative recording dates at the moment. We're just going to try and do almost a weekly recording and get them yeah. out. Because I think it's keep, one of these games it, you'll, kind of, you'll want to keep the momentum going. So the plan is at the moment uh, in about, well, just over a week's time from now, I guess, about 10 days time from now. So that'll take us probably into... Towards the first week of the end of the first week of June, I would have thought something like that. We yeah. are well. You got your holiday as well, Chris, don't you? So somewhere in mid June, I would have thought the first episode will be out. But it will be episode one. We'll just do a proper kind of deep dive into all about the game's origins, and we'll also do episode one. So after when this episode comes out, by all means, get started. We'll put that on Discord also. Um, and then we're just going to do almost a weekly recording of one episode per week. Uh, so we'll do episodes, the intro in episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four, and then the final recording will be episode five alongside our conclusions. And that'll yeah. be that. Sounds good. 
Yeah. Nice. Look forward to it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's a game I've wanted to play for years and years. And of course, the sequel's coming next year as well. So yeah, I know. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's happened a few, with a few of our games where just purely, purely by chance that uh, it's coincided with an announcement relating to the original game that we're playing. So I will, we'll get the channel, the chat channel on Discord opened up very shortly and I'll put an announcement saying as much anyway and it'll have all the milestones written down in there anyway. Um, Grand. But yeah. But that's it from my from my side of things. Thank you very much. Looking forward to it. Fabulous. Well done. Yeah. Let 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 the uh, Wolf Among Us commence. Indeed. And if you want to come and join us in the conversation, do come and join us on Discord. Um, link is on our website, our out of date website. We are going to get that fixed. We've run out of space. We are going to get that fixed. I need to sort get my rear end into gear on that. Uh, but the link to Discord is still there. Alternatively, you can hit any one of us up on Twitter. Uh, we're at, at playthrough underscore pod. Um, or you can catch any of us at Mads DK, at Retro Clarence, at Poker Macrosso, at Wise Mids. Just let us know. We'll swing you over the link. That's where the conversation will be taking place. Uh, come and join us because I think there are a few people looking forward to, mm. to, to playing this one. So the conversation is going to be lively like it was with Until Dawn with choices uh i'm looking forward to it but until then gentlemen we say goodbye to horizon zero dawn and we say hello to the wolf among us until next time good night all